Welcome to the She Yearns Podcast. I am Cherry Strange, and I am so thankful you have joined us today. Thank you for being a part of this community. The She Yearns community exists to lead women to desire more of God in their everyday life, making Him evident and desirable to others. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. I cannot express my excitement enough to you about being back with you. Today's the beginning of our third season. Often I say it, but the podcast is one of my favorite aspects of ministry. I I just don't understand it, but it is. It is a fact. It is a reality, and I just love it. We have great things in store for the fall, but before we delve into the material today, I need to take you down a short memory lane for a moment because it's going to matter very soon. The aim of what we do here is, in a span of about 22 minutes, is to try to bring gospel-centered truth that is full of encouragement to impact you or someone you know on a practical level in your daily life somehow that's going to stir your faith into having more of a desire for God. And that is what we try to do. That's our specific aim. And we've been praying through changing the name of the podcast from the She Yearns podcast to something that more reflects that aim. When I started the podcast, I didn't really know anything. I didn't take a class or anything like that. I just thought it sounded fun. I had some history in radio and like something that the Lord was really leading me to do. So we did it. We named it the She Yearns Podcast because it lined up with the focus of the ministry that we already were doing. But today, podcasting is sort of robust. There's lots to choose from, and the name needs to reflect what you're going to find when you start listening. And our name really doesn't do that. So we've kind of been toying around with what to do. So the summer, if you were with us, we were trying something like the best five or something like that, but that's so open-ended. And I mean, we tried to make it work, but it doesn't really do that. So we've done some more thinking. We've done some more praying. If our purpose is to provide gospel-centered encouragement that stirs a desire for God into your everyday life, then our name needs to reflect it. So let me propose to you this possibility, and then I really want your feedback. So if you will please take a minute to go on to uh, sheearns.com and under the podcast label for today, if you'll just leave a comment and let me know what you think, or go to social media, and you could go to cherry strange on social media on facebook or anything else that you want to go to twitter or instagram something like that just let me know your opinion here is the name stirring faith with cherry strange but the name it would just be stirring faith so if you looked up a podcast on itunes you would just look up stirring faith and that would be it so i want to know what you think because it tells people exactly what it's going to be it's going to be that and so but the second thing that i tell you this for is that if we do change the name, which we likely will, if it's not that, it will be something close to that. Uh, it will likely change uh, this fall sooner than later. It's going to change the RSS feed. And what that means for you is if you just automatically get a notification because you have signed up to get the She Yearns podcast, you will no longer get the feed because the RSS feed is going to change. So you will need to re-download the RSS feed for the new name. 
and I'll give you warnings about that when that's going to take place but it won't take up a lot of time on the podcast I'll just be giving you announcements and letting you know that it's going to happen so I wanted to take a few minutes today to let you know kind of what the vision was why we were wanting to do that it's going to happen sooner than later so just know that you're going to have to refollow the new feed for that purpose so that brings us back up to the present so I just was thinking about this because it is September and where I live it's about a hundred degrees <laughs> still it's very very hot and I'm waking up needing a drink of water every morning it's so stinking hot and I'm having to remember to hydrate because the pumpkins are lining the sidewalks and we shouldn't have to still be doing this in the first thing in the morning and so I was reminded of this happening in our lives that I've not really ever been truly thirsty I was reminded that I had came to live with someone who has been and it really happened in an indescript room in a northern province of China years ago we came face to face with this little girl that came to live with our family we were worlds apart and we came to find ourselves together we took her back to the hotel it's just one of those things that we've done several times before we found ourselves in first days uh, about three different occasions we've adopted now six kids from different continents and well we have adventures and mishaps galore things i wouldn't trade for a million dollars stories first days are classics like the time we we picked up the child and she literally they had taped a diaper to the back of her outfit to the back of the outfit not on her bottom but to the clothes and handed her that way to me and within moments she had peed all the way down my dress and i'm stuck with that outfit for the rest of the day so we had that occasion and then of course the other classic one is the cute but unruly boys who broke my finger within a few hours of having them and me with the band-aid and no real medical care for the first few days that was very very exciting uh, that was a good first day but this day was very different from that we taken her back to the hotel you know they don't give you a manual for this you just sort of they hand you the child and you go back to the hotel and then a few days after the paperwork is done you head home as a new family with no instructions no common language whatsoever it's really really an interesting dynamic but we had this little girl we had taken our other children I think Taylor and Addison were probably seven and nine and they were showing her the ropes it was a bedtime routine they were taking her through that she was in her little PJs that were just falling off of her because she was so thin and underweight and they were showing her the routine and it was brush her teeth time they had gone through that they were taking a cup of water and showing her how to operate the sink put water in it fill the cup up with water brush your teeth you know take a drink that kind of thing well after they finished that the new daughter that we had been doing paperwork for she walked over and she got the cup again and she filled it up with water again she drank the whole thing down just in a few gulps and then she did it again and it wasn't one of those deals where she was fascinated with the mechanism uh, she looked at us after she did it a couple of times kind of to see what our reaction would be and it was as if she was communicating I can't believe I can just do this I can just get as much water as I want and I can drink it 
because I am so thirsty. That was sort of what she was communicating. And, and you know, it made me think about, I, I, I couldn't go back in my memory and find a moment in my life when I was thirsty, physically thirsty. I mean, I had thought of times when I've, I mean, I'd been sick or something like that. I'd missed a meal or I'd chosen to miss a meal, something like that. But I could not relate to what I was seeing. But you know what I could relate to was that desire and that trial over and over again to try to satisfy that thirst, that endless pursuit I knew so well to find satisfaction. How many times had I tried to find contentment in my position or the stuff that I possessed? I have chased after letters at the end of my name. I have found my worth in who I'm associated with. I had found value linked to my performance more years than I want to admit. And no matter how many times I have filled my cup with all of my achievements, even good Christian girl responsibilities, it's never enough to satisfy that thirst. People let me down. I let myself down. I cannot satisfy myself. (laughs) The job is never all that. The performances are never ending. The pain of the pursuit remains. And I keep drinking cup after cup of this garbage. And it always has left me thirsty. Always has left me thirsty. So the question I am bringing to the table today to open up our season is, what are you chasing to bring you satisfaction? I mean, it could be a new car. It could be the new whatever you're purchasing. It could be a better job. It could be a new relationship. It could be a friend like that. Less stress is what you're after. Maybe it's a new diet that you think this time it's really going to work. Maybe you're just waiting on something or for it to be your turn and just maybe it's pain. Maybe you just are in a really painful situation and you're just trying to get the pain to subside. But you and I both at the end of the day, we recognize that we just keep filling our cup and we keep drinking, always thirsty, and it doesn't satisfy us. And what we learn from Jesus is that there is a better way. And he shows it to us clearly. You know, I I feel like he has such an upper hand at, at creativity than I do. I mean, he's God, you know. He's so creative and I have trouble thinking up titles and things like that. Things to come together. But then he comes up with this idea of water. That may sound elementary, but when you think about it, it's rather ingenious. Water is unique and essential all at the same time. It's the one substance that defines the capability for existence and provides the sustenance for life. And really, after he created this unique substance that is designed uniquely for our lives, he used it to illustrate and describe himself and his ability to perfectly satisfy our souls. In Psalm 36, 9, we read, For with you is the fountain of life. In your sight do we see light. And then in Isaiah 55, it is written, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come, buy, and eat. You know, personally, I prefer coffee and soda to pure unadulterated water. That's just the truth. I I know it's awful. Let the scolding begin. Go ahead. Send the letters. Write the emails. (laughs) Those are my desires. 
and I try to sustain my body every day with this garbage rather than what it needs. I will not excuse my bad behavior, but I will use it to lead us down a path that demonstrates I'm not the first to try to fill my desires with what we think will make us happy, successful, and thirst-quenching content. People have been chasing other possibilities for a long time. Not only is our way never going to work, God is offended by it, and He offers a better way. We find this in Jeremiah. It's very, very straightforward. For my people have done two evil things. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. It's not going to work, says Jeremiah. Honestly, you and I typically gravitate towards the same habits Jeremiah is calling out to his people. Going out and getting fresh water in the day was hard, and it was inconvenient. So instead, they came up with their own solution. They dug holes in the ground and they plastered them so that the water would stay in there and not sink down through the soil. It was closer to home and it was all the rage as a temporary fix. Lots of people were doing it. In fact, these cisterns are still scattered across the landscape in what used to be Judea. But sooner than later, these man-made attempts at satisfaction would become worm-infested. They would reap and they would begin to leak. It just didn't work. The same thing happens in our own lives. This was a perfect illustration for demonstrating our own attempts to do what only God can do in our lives. So we might find that our relationship with the Lord and what He's trying to provide for us takes a back seat to the things that are not going to ultimately satisfy, like our other relationships or our other pursuits or the dreams that we want. Jeremiah brings this to light, that all of those other things we keep chasing in which we are trying to utilize, it's just not going to work. I mean, it might look good for a while. I bet that plaster was really pretty, and it looks really good, and it's so close to home. It's so convenient. I mean, everybody's got one, and we want to be like everybody else. It's going to break down. It's going to smell, and it's going to be a haven for worms, and that is not what we ultimately signed up for, but it's what we're going to get. Herein lies the sweetness that I am discovering. Water is better. It's just better. God wants to quench your thirst and mine. He knows what still aches deep down where no one else has access. And you know where that is. And you know what is left unreached. He knows how to get there. And it doesn't require anything to receive what He wants to give. When you and I have filled our lives with all the normal, even churchy stuff, the expectations, and we still feel hollow. It is He who calls us. It is He who wants to fill the empty places. God uses this illustration of water across the entire Bible to demonstrate His ability to fully satisfy. By the time Jesus comes onto the scene in history, He presents Himself to the Samaritan woman. Remember the woman at the well, that story. He goes to her. He talks to her. He's not even supposed to be doing that. He tells her that He has water to offer her so that she will never thirst again. And then soon afterwards, after that occasion, the whole city is turned upside down. He takes this 
perfect analogy about who he is and what he can do to Jerusalem. And it is nothing short of audacious when he gets there. We're taken on this scene again by John in his gospel, and it happens on the eighth day of what is known as the Feast of Tabernacles called the Great Day. God has set this occasion of this feast in motion way back when with Moses on purpose to remember how he provided for them miraculously in the desert. He was the provider sustainer for them then, and he would also provide for them in the future. So there's one point, this culmination on this final day, and it was symbolic of God bringing water from nothing more than a rock in the middle of the desert. It's recorded back in Exodus. So he's standing in the temple and At this time, the priest comes down and he walks to this pool of Siloam with a pitcher and he fills the pitcher with water and he's going to take it back to the altar. Now, at this moment, this is when scholars believe that's when Jesus calls out in a voice to anyone who will hear, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water water. I'll bet the priest just almost lost his pitcher, if not wet his pants. I mean, can you even imagine? I bet the crowd became eerily still at that moment. I mean, who is this guy? He just claimed to be able to offer what only God can do, that he could satisfy them completely. They didn't need the priest. They didn't need anything but him, that he could satisfy them There were a lot of other opportunities that Jesus could have taken in those eight days, specifically to draw comparison for who he was and what he could offer before that moment using that particular example. What what was going on? Why then and why water? And I don't know. I mean, maybe because he knows we're just like my daughter. He knows we are all looking for a drink that's going to satisfy We just keep looking because we're busy chasing satisfaction in all the wrong places, trying to fill our lives by our own methods, and it's just not working. Here comes Jesus throwing out this incredulous offer, creating in us a thirst for what will actually make us whole. When you're feeling unsatisfied, less than enough, overwhelmed or full, but yet there's still some hollowness on the inside, It's probably on purpose. In fact, I guarantee it's on purpose. Your breathless chasing after satisfaction is very well the point of leading you to a better way. Nothing in this world is designed to satisfy us. Nothing. But one thing is for sure. God is committed to making you thirsty. John Piper says it like this. The key to Christian living is a thirst and hunger for God. And one of the main reasons people do not understand or experience the sovereignty of grace and the way it works through the awakening of sovereign joy is that their hunger and thirst for God is so small. What Jesus does is make us thirsty. You've heard the adage, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Well, how true that can be with you and me. God's not going to force us to quench our thirst on what will truly satisfy, but he is going to pursue us to make us thirsty. We still participate. So what does that exactly look like? What does it look like to participate in our thirst quenching experience that we 
are fully satisfied. Recently, I acquired a rescue Maine Coon cat. And if you're not familiar with what a Maine Coon is, it's not your average ordinary house cat. It's really hairy. It has a very mean sounding cry. It's just his normal voice because he loves you and he attaches to one person. It's like the most dog-like breed that is out there in a cat. And I've had three of them. They're huge. They can get up to 30 pounds. They're just enormous, beautiful animals. And I just have a thing for Maine Coons. And my cousin had been given one uh, for various reasons. She knew I was coming to town and I ended up going home with it on an eight hour trip. And so we brought this cat home. We put it in the house. I already have one. So uh, we were kind of putting them in their corners. We put this one cat out. We kind of let it go wherever it wanted to go, but it was scared to death. So we put it in a little more contained environment. We put it in the playroom where there's a couple of couches, game room, we might call it. It wouldn't even eat. It wouldn't even go to the bathroom. It would just stay under the couch the entire time, scared silly. It would not come out to save its own skin for days. I'm trying to be the one person it's attaching to, try to get it out with some treats. It's all I could do. My strategy became going in several times a day, closing the door, no one around, and to teach him to bond with me and to trust me, to learn that he could depend on me, I'm not gonna let anything hurt him, he's totally secure, until he can live freely within his boundaries. That is my strategy. And that is sort of what God does with us spiritually. God, in the sense, entices us to come out from underneath the spiritual couch, if you know what I'm saying, for whatever is holding us back from a rich relationship with Him. He stirs my desire for Him. He, he does it in various ways and on many occasions, but there is a pattern. Just like I'm telling you about the strategies I'm trying to use with my cat to learn to trust me and learn He can rely on me. God is into relationship with you and with me to help us to learn to trust Him and to count on Him for everything that, that we are and everything that we need. So what I want to leave with you today is just to think about what is it you're chasing to satisfy you? Is it leaving you thirsty for what does not satisfy? Because this is on purpose. It's to lead you to Jesus so that He can satisfy you. And secondly, when I found myself on my hands and knees for several days trying to get that cat from underneath the couch, knowing there's absolutely zero reason for him to be in this situation, I just thought, isn't that just like me? How many times have I backed myself into a corner up as far as possible against the wall, just hightailing it from everything good that there is from the Lord, not moving forward, not living within the boundaries God has given me, not growing in my relationship with Him, not growing at all, spiritually starving myself to death, just like this cat. And for what? Because I can't see what's in front of me, because I don't know what's going to happen. What might be keeping you sort of held back underneath the couch, not completely enjoying and thriving in the heritage God has given you, not living fully within the boundaries He set out before you, for your good and see if you can identify that because these two steps are essential to getting to number three, which is to identify what steps do you need to take in order to come closer 
to trusting your God? What do you need to do to begin readying yourself to take a drink of what will satisfy? I pray that as you think over these things, that God will reveal himself in a real way, cause you to think of things that need to change, and remind you often of how deeply he loves you. Welcome back, and don't forget to leave a comment. Please let me know what you think about the new name that we're thinking about, uh, Stirring Faith. Know that I have missed you, and I'm super excited to be here with you. Thank you again for tuning in today. We will be releasing a new episode every week. I would invite you to become a subscriber, and it really makes a difference when you share something here that you find helpful and encouraging. You may get an impact. You may never understand the value or difference your suggestion or encouragement made in the life of a friend or casual acquaintance just by passing a resource along. So please share what you find here with others. I would personally be grateful. Don't hesitate to like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and Instagram or leave us a review about the podcast. For more truth-saturated and gospel-centered, spiritually insightful encouragement, please go to www.sheyearns.com where you will find reading plans, articles, and other resources to help stir desire for God into your everyday life.